Welcome to the Speaking Words of Life for Educators podcast, where we shine a bright light on your incredible call of carrying the kingdom of God into your classroom, school, and community. It's here that you'll be transformed by the truth of your identity and activated to live the full life Jesus paid for. I'm your host, Jessica Glover, and I warmly welcome you to get ready to be encouraged, strengthened, and activated today in your position in the world of education. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to part two of holding on to the word in hard times. If you remember with me from part one, Felita Cars shared with us a little bit about her backstory in the world of education and how the Lord has taken her from one place to the next. But in the middle of changing seasons, she has held fast to the word of God and she encourages us to do the same. So welcome to part two as she continues to share her story of how to set the atmosphere in her classroom, in your classroom. How can you apply the word in whatever season you're in, in the world of education, where God has you? Be encouraged that he is preparing you in the now for the next. You know, I have had students and adults say to me when about my classroom, when they would come out of my classroom, I love being in your classroom. There's something yeah. about your classroom. Yes. Well, it was the presence of the Lord in my classroom. Amen. I mean, I would have my oil anointing, you know, the chairs, praying that. through that classroom. The kids would come in declaring for the day sometimes. And I think that's what they were experiencing, but they didn't understand it. Yes. That's so encouraging because we have some people that have been asking, how do we set the atmosphere? And we've touched a tiny bit on our words, but then also what we can do ahead of time to get the day ready, declaring the Lord's word anointing. That's really, really good. How has the word informed your path, formed your path where God has led you? And I'm thinking of David in the Psalms in Psalms 119, 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my Mm. feet and a light to my path. So just as a lamp shines to guide a light for our feet, for our steps in the darkness when we're walking, we need it. God's word illuminates and guides the way for us in our path in this world. Yes. That's why we need his word because it illuminates where we're going. It directs us. It's ordering our steps, even when we don't know it, even when we don't see it. Mm -hmm. So the Lord took me from education, working directly with students, to lobbying on Capitol Hill on educational issues, mm-hmm. to directing a program and assisting low-income families in their educational pursuits, okay. to opening a private Christian school in the District of Columbia, mm-hmm. to working for an organization that gives supplemental reading and math services to private school students in kindergarten through 12th grade. So building on top of each other. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, he, it's like he brought me full circle. So even when he took me out of education at that time and I did some lobbying, I did some other things. I worked for this other organization and I was a director for their family services program. Then he put me back in school. My experience when I was teaching in the public school system was middle school and high school. Okay. But when I went back to work for non-public educational services, Inc., Nessie, N-E-S-I, I was a director, I was a teacher, and I taught second, third, and fourth grade reading. Wow. And I became a reading specialist. Okay. And I was trained to teach and specialize in that. And I thought, I said, you know, I wish I had this training and experience when I was in the classroom with my eighth grade English students, because a lot of those students were not on the eighth grade level. Yeah. And they don't teach you 
how to, well, I mean, some of them were way low, mm-hmm. like third grade reading level instead of eighth grade reading level. Yeah. I mean, I might be able to bring a child from third to fourth grade, but to bring them from third to eighth grade in yeah. a year, oh, yeah. that's pretty tough. But if I had the tools that I learned later when I was the reading specialist, it would have been so beneficial. Yeah. But, you know, we live and we learn. Yes. Yes. It's so true. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So that that is all the Lord's ordering my steps, being that light shining in my life and ordering all the things that's happening in my life and in my career and, and all of that. That's so good. Will you yeah. um, also share with us a little about your passion for loving on Christian teachers and public and private school systems? Yes. Okay. So I, because my experience has been, I've been in public school. I, I, by the way, when I did the second, third, second, third and fourth grade, it was all private school, but I, I have my public school experience. I have my private school experience. I have my experience being in the classroom. I have my experience being an administrator, vice principal, okay. being a principal. So I know both sides of the coin. Like right. I know the struggle that sometimes teachers have and maybe the lack of support. I know how challenging it is sometimes as a principal. Yeah when you have everything coming at you, the parents and the teachers sometimes and the kids and the students and you have the board and all of these things. And I have, I, I homeschooled, I think I, I may have misspoke. I have a third grade son mm-hmm. and I have a pre-K son. Okay. So they're nine and five. And um, my my third grader, who, who they're both now in a Christian private school, I homeschooled him for a couple of years okay. before that. Okay. So I have... I, I'm an educator. Once an educator, always an educator. Mm-hmm. And I love, I think one of my spiritual gifts is encouragement, mm-hmm. encouragement in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And because I have that connection with teachers because of my career, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, then of course I want to see them succeed. And when I was in the school system, it was in the nineties. And then there was a portion in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenges that they face today, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. my heart breaks. Yeah or what teachers have to deal with today. And more than ever, Mm -hmm. they have to stand on the word because the schools basically coming against what we know is right. Even parents, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're not informing parents about certain things. Kids can call, they can change their name. They can change their gender. I mean, all of these types of Mm -hmm. things. And a lot of times teachers have nowhere to go. They, they're struggling. They don't, they don't know what to, they, you know, they, they've been silenced there. There's this muscle on their mouth. And, and then, and then in addition to not only with children and the whole gender, you know, the, the binary, the LGBTQ piece, then you have the critical race theory, piece, the whole social agenda. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a white teacher, for example, you have all this stuff coming at you and all you wanted to do was to love children and to help them and to teach. And yeah. now you have all of this other stuff. And, if you say certain things, if you really say the truth of, of your heart, what you feel, you be called racist or you're afraid you be called racist. They are dealing with so much more than was ever mm-hmm. going on when I was in the classroom. So absolutely, my heart just goes out. Yeah. Or we come back to, I just wanted to come in and make a difference in the world. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. really, that's the huge piece, like you're saying about coming back to the word and even the Rama word, like what was the word God gave you when you first came in to teach? And I think that's something that we need to remember is what was the vision? Habakkuk 2.2, 2, right? Write down the vision so that the herald may run with it, right? So it's clear. And so that always having that before us, Jesus, why was it that you called me into education? And then what's my call in this season? Because I really believe there's teachers that are supposed to stay in public to be a watchman on the wall. 
And there's others that are called their season's done or they're moving on to private or they're homeschooling their own children. It just depends on where God wants you, but we always want to be listening to what he's telling us to do, to be in step. And there's no one, one size fits all because we're all unique. We're all individual. God has a plan for each one of us that is unique for his purposes. Yes. So we have to be careful to not kind of like judge someone's call or whatever, you know, they feel they're supposed to be in the public school. That's good. If they yeah. feel that they are not supposed to be in the public school, they're called to the private or they're called to homeschool. All good. Yeah. That's that's all, you know, that's all wonderful because you're listening, you're obeying, you're being obedient, and you're trusting the Lord. And there's a need in every one of those areas. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and, and opportunities for impact at all different levels. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yes. Yes. Felita, I, I would love to give you an opportunity to leave teachers tonight with an encouragement, just knowing that. They're teachers on assignment. They're missionaries in our schools. What what would you leave them with as an encouragement? At the end of the day, you are making an impact on someone's life. We all have experiences and stories in our own lives where a teacher has made a difference. Yeah. It could have been a coach. It could have been someone. And I have had students who are now grown come to me mm. and share how much I bless them. I had no idea. Yeah. And it was so encouraging. I was like, oh, and they just told me how, how much of a role model I was to them and how they used to look up to me. And, you know, it was so cute. It was a, it was a young girl and she said, all the boys had crushes on you. And it was, it was just really cute. She said such beautiful things and you never know in that season who you're impacting. Right. And of course I have to lead you with the word of the Lord. So I'm coming to you from the book of Philippians chapter four, verses four through nine. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, if you have a hard situation, it could be a principal, it could be a peer, something that is just really weighing on you. The Lord says, bring it to me. Yes. So with thanksgiving in your heart. And then he answers it and says, and the peace of God, which surpasses his understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And this part of the scripture is my absolute favorite. Even to this day, I do this because I have to do this sometimes. It says, finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In other words, focus on what is good. What is good? What is true? What is lovely? What is praiseworthy? Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word made flesh in his word. Go to the Psalms. Encourage yourself in scripture. Mm -hmm. I just would highly recommend. You'd be so surprised how when you go before the Lord and you can just quote some scripture out of Psalms, for example, the enemy cannot inhabit the praises of the Lord. Mm -hmm. God inhabits the praises of his people. And when you begin to make declarations and declare and just say his word aloud or praise word aloud to him, you will be surprised. The whole atmosphere will shift. The enemy can't stand it. He flees. He can't handle it. And then God will come in and all of a sudden, the problem just seems like nothing anymore. Yeah. It's like, wow, because the Lord has taken you above it. Like eagles, I don't know if you knew this, yes. but eagles, they don't fly in the storms like some birds are under. They 
they soar above that storm. And so they're above it. That's good. They're above the storm. They're not getting wet or anything. They're soaring above the storm, which is awesome. And that is how we are when we go to God's word and we're in a, we're in a storm and we're in the valley. He will take us with it. Yeah. It's so powerful. I have seen it. I, I have, I live that. That is my testimony. A couple of things that stand out that I know that our teachers would grab a hold of is just that whole piece of it's with Thanksgiving. Like if you don't know where to start, start with Thanksgiving. Thank him for the things he is doing. Yes. Because when we start in that place, then we start recognizing more and remembering that we're seated in heavenly places above all powers and principalities, powers and dominions, Ephesians one. So just knowing that we get to be like the eagle. Yeah. Renewed. Yes. Really, really good. Lita, before we go though, I would love for you to share about your new venture that you're on, because I think we might have some people that are interested and teachers might be able to use, right? Well, I'm going to even give you a little bit of history. Okay. So some years ago, the Lord uh, laid on my heart and it started when I was teaching the public school system, a heart for racial reconciliation. And I saw many things when I was teaching the school system. I saw many things when I was working on Capitol Hill in particular. And I saw that in the African-American community, there were many plights and many ills in the community. And it just seemed like, Lord, why is it that the African-American, the Black students seem to be at the rock bottom when it comes to these testing scores? And when it comes to certain health issues, whether it's hypertension or uh, diabetes or cholesterol, Blacks seem to be at the top. Yeah. And whatever comes down the pike, I remember when AIDS hit the scene in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I remember that. It was in the white male community. And then, you know, some years later, and it wasn't that many years later, it was in the Black female community. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what it is now because there's so many other things going on. But I was like, Lord, what is that? What has happened? And the Lord showed me some things and some things within the community. And so I started this 501c3 organization, nonprofit called Beyond the Color Line. Mm -hmm. And Beyond the Color Line was about racial reconciliation and forgiveness through the love of Christ. And so I don't know if you ever heard the expression 40 acres and a mule. Okay. It's what Blacks were promised when they were, the, after the uh, abolishment of slavery, they were going to give, you know, the Black families 40 acres and a mule so that they could oh, start with their lives. Okay. It never happened. And so it's like, they never gave them that 40 acres and a mule. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's similar to reparation. reparation. And so this book, the Lord has placed the book on my heart. When in 2020, when the, killing of George Lloyd happened. Mm -hmm. The Lord reignited in my heart that ministry because I knew that it was going to be worse than Rodney King. I don't even know if you remember that I happening do. in the yeah. night. Yeah. Okay. So when the Rodney King, it was a race issue in the country and it just exploded. And I thought that George Floyd would be similar and boy, was it ever, it was even worse. And anyway, so I'm writing a book. The Lord has placed this on my heart I am, I'm in, I'm kind of in a thick of it, but I'm coming towards, I'm almost finished the manuscript, which awesome. is very exciting. And I will say that this isn't something that I was seeking to do. It wasn't something that, you know, I want to be, not even that I wanted to be an author. I am doing this solely out of obedience to the Lord mm -hmm. because some things to be addressed. Yeah. And it is about speaking truth. And even though I am directing it, I'm talking a lot about the black community. It is about any community, any ethnicity, any people group, especially if they feel victimized. Okay. If they feel that they are a victim, which by the way is a lie. Yeah. They're believing lies. 
because God did not call you to be a victim. That's he right. did never said you were a victim. He said, you are a victor. You are more than a conqueror through him. Mm-hmm. And so I am trying to sort of set the record straight and get the truth of God's word That's out powerful. there in the midst of cultural lies, just cultural lies and things that's going. So that's what it's about. That's exciting. Thank you. I think the Lord's going to expand things from here. Felita. We'll see. I just feel like you're going to have all these neat connections and I don't know. I just, <laughs> that's what will be done. I'm his servant. And yeah. I just want to say, I just want to obey. Yeah. Yes. Yes, well, would you close us out tonight and just pray for everyone who listens to this message that they would be encouraged as you've brought the yeah. word tonight and just holding on to the truth in hard times and yes. not going toward what they see, but what we know is true. Yes. Amen. I, I'm happy to do that. Okay. So father, we just come before you, Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor for your goodness and your excellence, God, because you alone are worthy. I thank you for Jessica. I thank you for this ministry that you have placed on her heart to be an encourager in the body of Christ, to be an encourager in the arena of education and helping teachers, because their role is so hugely important, whether they're in public school, private school, homeschool, administration, whatever their role is, there is an impact. And it is a very, very important um, assignment that you have. And I just place them before you, God. You know every need, whatever they are going through, Father, I pray that you would meet their need. Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts, that you would heal hearts that needs to be healing, God. That, Lord, you would use them mightily for your glory. And, Father, I know if they're in public school, there is this issue with, you know, being very overt Christianity and the praying in the schools, for example, or reading scripture in schools and all of that. But Father, I pray that you would give them the wisdom of uh, Solomon, Lord, yes. and just that they would be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves in, in carrying out your purposes for those classrooms, God, in, in, done in order. And we just thank you for your goodness, Lord. We pray, God, that your kingdom Mm-hmm. Your will be done mm-hmm. in these classrooms, in these schools, in these campuses, all throughout the nation, dear God. In Jesus' mm-hmm. name, your kingdom come, your will. Yes. And we give you all glory and praise and honor. Bless every student, every child, dear God. And we pray all of these blessings in the marvelous, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Felita, and, and just giving up your heart to the this group of teachers. I appreciate it. I appreciate you and your, welcome. your heart for breakthrough, too. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends in education so they, too, can be strengthened and encouraged in living their kingdom identity out loud in this pivotal hour. And please subscribe to be the first to hear about my newest resources, in-person and online events, and receive my inspiring bi-monthly newsletter by subscribing to speakingwordsoflife.com forward slash podcast. And be sure to find me on the socials at Speaking Words of Life number four educators. That's Speaking Words of Life for educators. Until next time, don't forget that you're a carrier of God's goodness. And what you're doing every day in your classroom is changing lives.